Welcome to the Peter Gabbett Podcast, folks. I'm your host, Peter Timothy Hankst, and this is the One A Day Podcast on day 26 of 365 promised episodes that bring you dads out there, your daily intake of news, sports, movies, music, and all things except politics. Now, if any of you have met me, you can tell that I hardly ever have to shave my face. I just wait until the patches resemble pubes, and I look like a scruffy 13-year-old whose parents fed him tons of eggs. It is terrible. I can't grow a beard, but I spend almost nothing on razors. I should start donating my pube face hair to crotches of love, instead of locks of love, or even locks for above your cocks. Speaking of love, folks, does anyone remember Flavor of Love? Yeah, the reality show on MTV that starred Flavor Flav? I mean, how the H-E double hockey sticks did that moron have his own show where tons of women battled to win his heart. It all started when he was on Surreal Life with Bridget Nielsen, and that whole relationship was disgusting. It looked like an abominable snow woman with a little dark-skinned sex baby covered in clocks. Then came Flavor of Love, which was ridiculous. What about the absolutely psychotic contestant on that show called New York, who got her own reality show after that? This proves that all you have to do to be on MTV now is be a washed-up hype man who is borderline retarded, a nine-foot-tall Amazonian-looking giant from old Conan the Barbarian movies, or an actually walking pile of shit who names themselves after their city to ensure that they are all embarrassed of her. Or, I guess if you aren't completely ridiculous, then you can just not make music at all and have a show called ridiculousness, which is on MTV virtually 24 hours a day. Now, I am physically the worst fingernail chewer this world has ever seen. Well, unless it's a competition, well, then I'm the best. I will chew my nails down so low that both of my hands are ultra-sensitive to the touch. Then, when they are the lowest they could possibly be because of sheer anxiety and stress, I coincidentally always end up handling citrus, onion, or vinegar, and then it really sucks. What is my problem? I don't know. But I could seriously give up weed, sex, and sports before I could quit chewing my nails. I need a hypnotherapist or some shit. Folks, some countries seem to always face tragedies on a constant and consistent basis, even with a a low population compared to some other countries. And one of those countries is the Ukraine. I don't know if it's the Ukraine or if it's just Ukraine, but I guess I'll just say Ukraine. Not only did a Ukraine plane crash, but the people aboard died knowing they they never left the shithole that is Iran. Now, there aren't many times in life when the place you are departing from is shittier than Ukraine, and it makes you excited to get back to Ukraine, but in the case of Iran, Ukraine looks like a paradise in comparison. I mean, first Chernobyl, now this? I'm kidding, of course. There has been tons of messed up shit in Ukraine in between those two events. I'm seriously going straight to hell on a heartless asshole train. Planes... Trains, Ukraine. The new tragic sequel to Trains, Planes, and Automobiles. Which is the best Thanksgiving movie of all time, by the way. Also, I can't think of any other Thanksgiving movies at all. 
We're just talking about those nasty named sex acts that got more and more extreme back in the day. It just seemed like every week there was a new one. Like first it was, you know, Dirty Sanchez. When you have butt sex and then pull it out and make a poo mustache on the other person's face. I mean, that's, that's just messed up. But then it got worse. It was Cleveland Steamer, where you poo on their chest. Or the Cherry Cheesecake, where you were getting a BJ, and right before you jizz, you punch them in the face and come on their broken nose, and it looks like Cherry Cheesecake. I'm sorry, these are vulgar, they're extreme. But this is the sick, messed up stuff we would talk about back in the day. But you know what y'all don't know about? Is the Alaskan Pipeline. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's where you take a poo, a fat one, I'm talking a nice long poo, and you freeze it. Then you take it out when it's still frozen and bang someone with it. We then decided that our generation is by far the most effed up out of all of them so far. Except... For the whip and nay nay weirdos. Now watch me whip, whip, watch me nay nay. The Overwatch playing, climate changed obsessed, pansexual, hashtag me too movement, all lives matter, Antifa, Tesla, baby shark, do 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 do, Tinder, grinder, TikTok, Snapchat, LOL surprise, Kinder joy egg, ice bucket challenge, protester, vegan, paleo, keto, gluten free. Anti-gun, Xanax, Adderall, Fentanyl, Flocka, Tranny, iPhone, 10X, Tide Pods, AirPods, Demi Lovato, Bieber, Coachella, Uber, Postmates, Impossible Meat, Fake News, Disney Plus, Amazon, Airbnb, Smile Direct Club, Invisalign Freaks. Now this is by far the most important question I'm going to ask all month. How has no one noticed that Annie's servant in the movie Annie is named Poonjab? I mean... Not being a Casanova at all when I was young, I was unfamiliar with what Poon or Poontang was when I first saw Annie, much less a Poonjab. But that has to be where you get into a boxing match with a vagina, and after a clean uppercut to the uppercut, you gotta throw a Poonjab to seal the deal and ensure a squeal. What is actually happening in my brain right now? Now, every one of us has a Boomhauer friend in our group. You know, Boomhauer from King of the Hill, one of the greatest shows of all time. Uh, it usually comes out the most when they're drinking. Man on dang old man, man on glad they damn damn two damn beer for ten dollars special, man. Give me, give me, got on damn man, I'm drunk, man. But for me, it's apparently my distinct East Coast accent that always comes out. Now let's get this, uh, just let's clear the air. I have never lived or even been to the East Coast. I've never even been further east than Texas. So why do people always say I sound like a New Yorker? Ah, forget about it. But seriously, though, I am all West Coast. Seattle, then Portland, Oregon, by the way, then SoCal. I made my way further and further from the rain. Where did my supposed accent come from? And why do old people think I sound like Christian Slater? <laughs> Now, as a father of soon-to-be-three, but right now two, I get annoyed by stupid stuff. I mean, even before I had kids, I always got annoyed. But now I really get annoyed. And one of the things that annoys me is baby wipes. Why can't they create a container of baby wipes where the top wipes and the bottom wipes 
have the same amount of moisture. It's pointless when I open a brand new thing of baby wipes that's been sitting upright for so long that all the liquid is drained to the bottom and now the top ones are all dry. So it's like wiping my kids thick, just clay-like poo with a tissue or something. You know, it, it, that doesn't work. I need some dampness in there. I need something that can get a real clean wipe. So create some baby wipes that sustain their liquid composition throughout every single piece. Is that hard to do? There's scientists right now planning on sending people to Mars. So before you send people to Mars, make some baby wipes that don't suck ass. Now, folks, you caught me on a great day. Today, during the podcast, as we speak, I am currently smoking a whole bunch of brisket and a whole bunch of pork butt. Now, for those of you who do not know, pork butt is just what they call it. It is not the butt of the pig. Nobody takes a pig's butthole, cooks it up, and eats it. That's called a hot dog. What I am making is a pork shoulder. In the Midwest and abroad, they call it pork butt. But it is actually the shoulder of the animal. And the absolute best way to do it is to smother it in a rub and unwrapped, put it on a smoker until the internal temperature reaches 160. And then you wrap it in foil and you put it back on the smoker until the internal temperature reaches 200. And then you let it remain for as long as you want, depending on how tender you would like it. I prefer my pork butt to be to the point where I just basically look at it and it falls apart. It's so tender. If you like a little tougher pork butt, then you're stupid because it should be super tender and shred apart with ease. That's the way to do it. Then, after it is shredded, put some good barbecue sauce on it. I recommend barbecuesion. Now, I am a cereal guy. You know, when I, I've talked about cereal before. When I grew up, I ate cereal every single day for breakfast. We'd all come downstairs. There would be like seven different boxes of cereal because we all had different preferences. And we'd all just sit down and eat breakfast. I mean, now I know that that was probably one of the many reasons why we're all medically messed up. Cereal's terrible for you. All it is is sugar and preservatives. And the milk is also bad. Bad for you. So... I don't understand why we did it. I think parents thought back then that that was a good nutritional breakfast for kids. That's what people told them. But it was all lies. You know, and now the cereals are worse than they ever were. I just saw one the other day. It was a sprinkled donut cereal. You know, like the donuts preferred by our favorite cartoon character of all time, Homer Simpson. Yeah, so Homer Simpson sprinkled pink donut cereal. There's Oreo O's. There's every flavor of Cheerios you can imagine. This is getting absurd. When I was a kid, the two best cereals I ever had in my life, one being very sweet and the other being a more supposedly healthy option, are Waffle Crisp, obviously the sweet one, unbelievable, so addicting, it's dangerous, and Grape Nut Flakes. Now, that's an old person cereal, I understand. Most of you have probably never had the regular grape nuts, which are terrible, much less the grape nut flakes, which are awesome. I don't know what's in those things, but my parents would get them for themselves, and I would consume the whole box. 
Rape Nut Flakes, insanely good. I think they still sell them. Waffle Crisp, haven't seen it in years. You can probably order it online. Dangerously addicted. All other new cereals with all these new twists are just a whole box of diabetes. Get rid of them. Start feeding kids real food, like fruit. I didn't discover Mexican cheeses until I moved to San Diego. And O.M. Jesus Christ, why didn't I know about this? Cotija cheese is effing delicious, people. Get a brick, put it on top of tacos, melt some on your nachos. Anything that ends with O's, probably good with some cotija. I'm telling you. Also, queso fresco. That shit is delicious. Where were all these cheeses when I lived in the Great White Oregon? Oh yeah, that's right. There is no Mexican cheese up there. Because there are no Mexican people up there. It is so whitey out, it's incredible. I actually, I never thought that way when I lived up there. You know, I had one Mexican friend growing up. His name, the most basic Mexican name you've ever heard, Carlos Lopez. He was one of my best friends of all time, still a great friend of mine to this day. And I always thought, you know, I, I grew up like, it was like the 50s. You know, he was the one Mexican guy in our whole school. We would go to his birthdays and hit a piñata and things, experience things we've never experienced because we were such gringos. I finally opened my eyes to other cultures when I moved away from there. And now I have been enlightened, if you will. There are tons of delicious Mexican cheeses. Get out there, try some. You will not be disappointed. Now this next segment is important for dads out there. You know, especially dads who are at home during the day watching their children like me and do their work at night while their wives are at a job, pursuing their career, things like that. What a saint I am. Just kidding. Uh, seriously, folks, I thought I was doing my kids a favor by giving them daily vitamins. I was like, hey, you know, when I was a kid, we had the little, what was it, Flintstone vitamins. Pretty sure that never did anything to me, but whatever. Uh, I'll, I'll get some new vitamins. I'm sure they're way better. So I picked up this Sundown Kids Clean Nutrition. You know, it's got Incredibles 2 characters, so the kids like eating it. All different flavors, all that good stuff. Only one gram of sugar per gummy. So I thought, this is great. And then I looked at the main ingredients. Now, well, the uh, first ingredient, corn syrup. Second, sugar. Third, gelatin. What is going on in here? There's actually nothing good for my kids in these vitamins. I don't understand how it is a vitamin. They might as well just lick the bottom of their shoe. They'd probably get more nutrients off that. Now, let's talk sports for a minute, folks. Uh, you know, I haven't mentioned many sports today or yesterday just because there has not been anything important whatsoever. When you're in the middle of the basketball season, the games don't really matter that much. You're pretty much just waiting for the NFL postseason to begin. And for me specifically, the Seahawks versus the Green Bay Packers is the important game. Of course, even if you're not a fan of either of these teams, the rest of the country will want to watch this as it will contain two of the best quarterbacks in the NFL, Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilson, an MVP candidate, by the way. And obviously, Seattle, we all know, they brought back Beast Mode. That's a big deal. And they're playing in Lambeau, where it's sure to be just freezing cold and detrimental to the ability of the Seahawks and in favor of the Green Bay Packers, who are probably used to this. Now, I've always been mind-blown at the Packers organization as a whole. 
They're the one NFL team owned by the fans. You know, that that is the way it should be. If only the Chargers had done something like this, then Spanos would have never would have never swooped in, taken them up to LA, and made them losers that nobody wants to watch. The, the Packers, I mean, they're coming from a city that has like a fraction of the amount of people as the county of San Diego. And yet here they are, packed every single game, sold out every year, you know, season ticket holders. You can't even get season tickets. You got to get on a list to get anywhere near season tickets for the Green Bay Packers. And they even send notes to the owners, a.k.a. the fans, letting them know about changes in the organization or letting them help make decisions. Now, this is the way it all should be. Green Bay sets the standard and example of how NFL teams should operate. Otherwise, the fans get disappointed because all this stupid other stuff happens. And if you're going to create an organization that has thousands and thousands of fans that love you, you cannot continuously disappoint them like the Chargers have always done. This is sure to be a great game. I'm certain you're going to tune in anyways, but just do it. Packers versus Seahawks. Go Seahawks, baby. Folks, in case you didn't know, every single podcast I do is 100% freestyle. I do not edit. I do not go back and shift things around. I'm not in a studio with a big microphone. I am walking around with a phone in my hand. I do this for you all because I know if I can make a podcast a day for 365 straight days, then at least I've accomplished my goal of telling my stories to the world and letting them hear it if they choose to if they desire to. If you do want my sound quality to get better, if you want some more Peter Gabbett podcasts, if you want them to become a little more exciting because I have more resources, you can definitely sponsor me. Just click a link, you know, find my podcast, hit the sponsor option, send a couple dollars my way, and we'll both be happier in life. It's time for the portion of the Peter Gabbett podcast we all are so dangerously addicted to. It is True Stories on the Peter Gabbett Podcast, brought to you by Peter Timothy Hankst. And today, folks, we are talking about the time. Now, a lot of these stories revolve around me getting in trouble. Here's another one. I got in a lot of trouble, I'm not going to lie. And one of the times I got in trouble was when I was 13 and I committed theft at a mall. Yes, at a mall. Uh, There's been a previous story of me committing theft, and that's a whole different story. You know, it happened multiple times. I guess I was a klepto back then. I pay for things now, folks. I work hard. I spend my money. I do not steal. But I did a lot when I was young. And here's one of those circumstances. I had a friend. He was a tall black friend of mine. We'd play basketball together. I don't know why. He was way better than me. I should have never played against him. He had skill. I did not. I'm a short white dude. But he was my friend. We'd hang out all the time. Super cool guy. We'll call him Bill. So Bill hits me up one day. And remember, folks, I'm 13 at this point. This is 20 years ago. Nobody had cell phones. He's using his, his mommy's house phone. Calls me up. Says, hey, man, check this out. I've been going to the mall every day. There is one of those kiosks where a gentleman sells his baseball, basketball, and football cards. And every card he has for sale is worth money. It's in cases. It's in plastic sleeves. They sit right in this kiosk, and there's only one guy working. All you need is a quick distraction, and you can steal whatever you want. 
and a light bulb just went off in my head. You know, if you're talking collectibles, especially cards, I'm in. I was obsessed with cards back then. I still am. You know, it hasn't even been, you know, five years since I bought my last pack of cards. Pathetically. Not worth any money, by the way. But back then, cards were at their prime. They were all worth money. We'd wheel and deal them. There was collectible, you know, shops everywhere selling baseball and basketball cards. So I was in on this big time. So what do we do? We meet up at a place called Washington Square Mall. Now, I don't know why every single thing in Oregon is called Washington something. Maybe they forgot Oregon was a state. It's the end of the Oregon Trail, folks. It's an important place. But who cares? This place, once again, was called Washington Square Mall, and it was in Washington County, which is all in Oregon. So I'm there. I meet up with my friend. He shows me the kiosk, and sure enough, it's a, you know, middle-sized, skinny white dude's kiosk. He doesn't look very threatening, and he has every card I've ever desired. I start going through the stacks of them like I'm going to buy one, and I'm like, I want this, I want that, I want this. You know, there's rookie cards of all my favorite players. There's Olympic gold cards that are worth money. You know, there's gold signature and silver signature edition cards. I'm like, I want all this. So... For a couple days in a row, we looted this guy. I mean, it was obvious that he was getting jacked because we we came out with just half of his stuff. Finally, we go back one final time upon the request of my friend Bill. I was skeptical at this point. I told him, I was like, hey man, we've already been there a couple days in a row. I feel like this is not a good idea. And he says, no, no, I want to go back one more time. So I'm like, all right, you know, I got nothing to lose. It was his scam to begin with. I'm sure if we get busted, he'll fess up and take the rap. So we go there for one last loot. And as soon as I reach over to grab one of the cards, as he causes the distraction, the guy looks at me. And he, he basically sees me almost pocket the card. I put it back. Then he knows I'm the guy and starts chasing me. Now, I already have, like freaking 10 cards that I had stolen from this guy in my pocket. But on the final one, he sees me and gives chase, and me and my friend just both book it through this mall. We're weaving left and right, past the C's candies, around the Orange Julius, and we go into this bathroom, and we think, all right, man, we're safe, we're in a bathroom. No grown male is going to follow two kids into a bathroom. So I dump all these cards I had in my pocket into the garbage of the bathroom, and I just walk out as if nothing happened. And sure enough, the guy's right there waiting for me with the security, ready to go. They take me in, handcuff me and ask, hey, where are the cards that you stole? I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. There was no cards. I never did anything. Made up all this BS. They go into the bathroom, look in the trash, find the cards. I'm caught. So, you know, I'm stressing out. I know my mom's going to kill me. She's a scary woman, especially when I was a child and I would get in trouble all the time. But my friend, full grown just tall, man-looking dude, starts crying like a baby. I'm talking bawling. Man, I'm so sorry, man. Man, y'all are racist. This ain't fair. Man, my mama didn't raise me. All this crazy, you know, typical stuff being spit out by this guy, this yellow-bellied, just weak individual, while I am taking the rap pretty much and being like, hey, you know, even though none of this was my idea, I'm not going to look like a, you know, a little baby. I'll just take it. 
And so sure enough, they put us both in their little holding cells in the Washington Square Mall security office, and they make us make our phone calls. And I hear him on the phone with his mom saying, Oh man, this dude Pete made me steal. He's such a bad influence. It was all him. It was his idea. He did it all. Blaming absolutely everything on me. And I'm thinking, this guy is not even my real friend, man. Why would he do this? You know, but it turns out when you're a kid and you're pathetic and you're scared, you'll do anything to make your mom think you're not a terrible person. I was not that way. I called my mom and she immediately hung up and was like, I ain't coming to get you. And they waited and waited, just like the other time I'd gotten in trouble in this in this type of way, I should say. She refused to come get me. And finally, they had to call her again and beg her to come get me because the office was going to close. So when you're 13, you don't really get charges for theft. They just take you into the little office and make you feel bad and tell you you can't come back to the mall for a year. Yakety schmackety. You got to pay the guy back, whatever. So what we did was we returned most of the cards we still had stolen from him. It's not like I had a a racket going. I didn't sell these cards. You know, I just still had them in my possession. I wanted to save them. And one card in particular that I had previous to the stealing of any cards from this gentleman was worth a ton of money. It was a Shaquille O'Neal Olympic gold signature card by Upper Deck that was worth, you know, 160 bucks or something crazy like that. And, you know, 20 years ago, that's more like 300 bucks. And I was a kid. So the fact that I was even able to acquire this card was, was pretty incredible. I got it out of a pack. It was, it was a luck of the draw thing. And my mom made me give it to the guy as a sorry for what I had done. Now, all the cards I stole from him combined weren't even worth as much as this card was on its own. But she made me do it and write him a letter of apology and meet him face to face and all these things that a mom should make you do. And so I talked to my kind of ex-buddy at that time just to find out what happened with him after this whole ordeal. And he says, oh man, I never went back there. I ain't giving up that nothing to that fool. And I was like, man, I, you know, I, I just thought we'd kind of be on the same page with this. Uh, and I felt really bad for what we actually did to the guy. It was turned out it was his own personal kiosk, all his own stuff. He paid an arm and a leg to have it in the mall. And it was already failing to begin with. And we made it way worse for the guy. I feel terrible to this day. Like I said, I'm a terrible person. You know, you're going to hear this podcast. You're going to think, my God, this guy is a terrible person. Well, I'm completely different now, folks. I spend the rest of my days trying to make it up to the world by telling you these stories. It's like a warning. You know, so in the end, don't steal from the kiosks in the mall. Sometimes they're privately owned by just one individual. Go into the major corporation stores and steal from them especially J.C. Penny, because they're scumbags.
fly around the world in a cardboard box Now you're waiting for the bus, trying to fit in with the flock Different socks, on one hand you got a wild imagination And the other is a man against the clock It never stops, we used to look up at the clouds and see shapes Now the only thing we see in them is rain It's not the same, cause after all the giant dragons disappeared The only battle left to fight was with your chains Cut them loose, I liked it better when our dreams were real Respected what it was to feel Nobody ever put a limit on the things That made the littlest of kings seem strong enough to cut through steel Grip the wheel, it's a whiny little road you pay It's a shame you had to lose that light Cause if it wasn't for the blanket for it balls And the bumps in the night You'd be nothing but a string without a kite You're not the astronaut you used to be It's a shame that you couldn't keep the star light in your eyes You're not the hero that you used to be Fading away Until you're falling out the sky Sail around the world in a porcelain tub Now we fill it to the brim and try to wash away the mud It isn't us In one world you got a wide-eyed adventure And the other is a person giving up It never jumps We used to play connected dots with the stars Now we try to make a connection in bars It's getting hard Cause after every little planet's been exploded It's impossible to find out where you are I take it home I miss the feeling of a brand new start With it meant to be your child at heart No matter how it was explained It always felt like if I wanted to I could have built a city in my own backyard Disembark You don't have to be a kid to believe Or see potential in a pile of leaves If it wasn't for them deep sea dives And a whisper from the trees You'd be nothing but a want without a need You're not the astronaut you used to be It's a shame that you couldn't keep the starlight in your eyes You're not the hero that you used to be In a half-empty cup You studied the sun like it was meant to touch Got a clutch, it's not enough To escape like the ducks Cause they always come back to the muck Struggle for a brush with luck So we could judge your guts Like, you still own that such and such They could cut the budget But the puppet struts On two crutches over drums that rush Like busted nuts It's too much now You wanna strike like the light Without the thunder Wonder what you doing uptown You delivering none but love But can't seem to catch a dream when fishing from up above I don't believe there's a bad bet Cause everybody's gonna breathe that last breath But the things you write Got wings for life It's the freedom flight That's how we sleep at night You're not the astronaut you used to be It's a shame that you couldn't keep the starlight in your eyes You're not the hero that you used to be Folks, you know I'm all about the underground hip-hop, but I don't listen to things that suck. So here is another track that doesn't suck, and this is by Greaves. It's called Astronauts Featuring Slug. 